for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. And we are back. Golden Spaces Odyssey Original Podcast. Got Charlie and Joe in here, chopping it up, having a good time after a huge win over the OKC Thunder. Um, Kyrie Irving got traded, guys. I'm not sure if you know. Um, he's a Dallas Maverick now, along with Markeith Morris. It's always funny to like see like fringe rotation guys or bench guys get attached to superstars and trades. It's kind of <laughs> like when you get sent over there, like how do you even feel? You know what I mean? Like do you feel like the superstar is kind of obligated to look after you? Cause they, you're kind of like the tag along with them. I don't know. I would just feel awkward if I was Markeith, but that's just always been funny to me. How do you guys feel about that trade though? That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Joe, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on like the, the dynamic of, you know, Dallas's defense right now. Cause obviously <laughs> that's where all the questions are at, you know, Kyrie, Luca, great, but who's stopping yeah. on there? You mean like their defense or other teams' defense on them? Their defense. Their defense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I think the the optimistic take on that is that you're hoping that they score like 150 and the other team doesn't score like 200. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but yeah, I yeah. mean, the thing with the thing with me is that they just lost their best wing defender, if not their best overall defender, in uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and he kind of did provide that that defensive versatility that they were able to have in terms of switching, in terms of you know being able to shore up those backline disadvantages because you know DFS can defend those larger front court players, and that was pretty much their base coverage this season and in the past season where they switch everything, except if you had Christian Wood, if you had Dwight Powell at the five, uh, that would be more of a drop traditional coverage and all that. But if, when they went small, it switch everything. And that worries me if they go small, whenever they have Luca and Kyrie on the floor, because, you know, they're going to give up the easy switch most likely. And they're going to be more prone to maybe being hunted because if you're going to hunt Luca then who's going to be the guy helping behind him? If you're going to hunt Kyrie, who's going to be the guy helping behind him, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that worries me on the defensive side of things. So I'm having a hard time. Like, you know, obviously the offensive fit is going to be seamless. You know, Mavs already run the most isolations in the league and you happen to have two of the best isolation scorers in the league. So I'm not worried about the, that your turn, my turn element. Uh, it's gonna have, it's gonna be somewhat similar to the dynamic between Kyrie and LeBron, maybe to a lesser extent because LeBron is LeBron, but Luca Luca is up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about Kyrie off the ball because Kyrie is an underrated off ball guy. Like he's not getting enough not getting enough credit for uh, making himself available off the ball. He's not exactly James Harden off the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean the defensive side of things is where it's troubling, and it's what makes me think that it's not going to be enough for a championship, let alone be out in the West, like to go out of the West. I don't think it'll move Mm -hmm. the needle enough for me for them to win a Western conference title. I mean, although, you know, anything can happen, it could get hot, but I don't think it'll happen. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I'm kind of 
Yeah, that's the thing for me defensively. And I get the feeling, you know, we've seen the rumors about Christian Wood. I get the feeling that they're going to try to flip him for as many short-term defensive pieces as they can get, especially on the wings. Uh, you need, like, Dwight Powell is good at what he is. is just, you know, being a role man, like doing his thing on the glass, but he's not going to be cleaning that stuff up. Um, and, you know, Kyrie, like Kyrie, I think, uh, I don't want to, sound like I'm giving him credit for anything in general, but like he's, he's kind of stepped up on the defensive end, you know, on the ball. Like he's, I think having one of his better, if not his best defensive seasons right now. But the thing for me is, you know, even if you are, even if you are hunting those guys and you're doing a good job, one of them is going to be off the ball defensively at all times. So they have to stay responsible on that end. And I think you see too, you know, Joe, I, I totally agree. Like the whole, oh, my turn, your turn. There's only one ball. Like, you know, when my turn, your turn is getting like 60 points a game on like ridiculous efficiency like those two can do, it's not really a point of concern. But it is tiring. You know, like you see Luca wear down as these games go on on the defensive end of the floor. You know, all so many players, I think we're so spoiled by having a guy like Steph who rarely takes defensive possessions off. But guys who are shouldering that much of an offensive load tend to, you know, get a little drifty and sort of wander around towards the end of the games, take possessions off. So that's the thing for me is how do they navigate that? You know, how do they stay engaged throughout the games? Um, And when you're not hunting those two, you know, you can go after Reggie Bullock. He's not exactly stout out there and he's not exactly bringing a ton of offense either. So they have major concerns and, you know, I think there's still moves to be made for them uh, before the deadline comes, but it, yeah, I agree. You know, like it feels weird to say that trading for one of the better point guards in the league is not a huge needle mover, but it brings up a lot of issues for this team for sure. Yeah. I think um, they kind of, I mean, you, you, when a guy like that becomes available you kind of always got to see, like, is it worth bringing them on, especially everything that comes with Kyrie. But, I mean, like you guys said, offensively, it can just take your team to a to a level that you feel like you can score, you know, confidently score against any defense in the league at any level in the playoffs. But it's like your defense is going to take you, you know, to the finals. If you, if you don't have a, a good defense, then you're just going to run into a ton of issues and you're just going to have to outscore other teams, like, pretty much every time. Um, so I'm not too like worried about it. I think it would be a fun matchup for the Warriors in the playoffs. Um, it'd just be cool to see the guys going at them. Like, you know, is Wiggins going to stick Kyrie and then you put clay on Luca? Do you put clay on Kyrie? Do you put Draymond on Luca and Wiggins on on Kyrie? It's just going to be pretty cool to see if they ever match up. Um, feel pretty confident in the Warriors in that series though, but um, yeah, got to see. I guess got to see what they what they cook up towards the end of the deadline, as far as the Mavericks are concerned, to see if they can kind of find something to shore up what little semblance of a defense they have left after that trade. Um, so just looking at the standings right now, the Warriors are seventh, right? Um, you know they are two and a half games out of third still, and you know two and a half games out of twelfth. Um, Huge, obviously huge um, few games coming up for them. But just kind of looking 
big picture, right? Like Denver is pretty much locked in the first. They're four and a half games ahead of Memphis. Memphis is only two games ahead of Sacramento in third. But um, I would I would go on and let me say Memphis holds on to the second seed. Where would you guys want to be when playoff starts as far as playoff matchups, right? Like I've, you know, gone on the record to say that I want to see the Kings in the first round. I think that would probably be the easiest matchup as far as, you know, another team that has a ton of offense, but they, they shouldn't be able to match up defensively with the Warriors, especially with the type of speed they play with. And you could potentially really hurt a team that plays, you know, Sabonis as many minutes as they, as they do. And that would also put you in the Memphis Grizzlies bracket for the second round. If you see them, if they make it to the second round, Um, would you guys rather be like in Denver's path or in like Memphis's path? Like, what do you, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of been beating a dead horse for me all year, but I'm adamant on like, you got to get yourself out of the play. And even if you just squeak into the sixth seed, you know, just guaranteeing yourself a seven game series instead of, you know, one or two, anything can happen games. Cause you know, obviously that 2020, 2021 team was not on route to a championship, but Mm -hmm. just having that come down to like two brutal last second shots against star players, you know, LeBron with his, I can't see three pointer and jaw hitting that floater. Like that's the stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Generational capper. Um, But right. Right. uh, No, that's see, that's the thing for me is like, we've seen it time and time again, this team is very hard to beat in seven games because they make adjustments. They have players who are very smart and know how to change things from game to game. You never really feel like they're out of it in a series at all. Um, Even when they get down early, we saw that in the finals last year, you know, Celtics steal a game on the road and Warriors kind of storm back into commanding it just within a few games by making the right adjustments. Um, And, you know, the thing for me is like the top two seeds, you know, I, I'm starting to believe in Denver more and more with each passing game because they got a lot of the wings that you need around Jokic. Aaron Gordon is having an incredible season. We've seen that Jamal Murray can get really, really hot. Um, You know, preferably Mm -hmm. if there's, no fans in the stadium, but like the guy is, <laughs> he can be a lightning rod offensively. And for sure, I think, you know, when you look at like the three seed, I think it's, it's sort of this jumble where like maybe Dallas rises to it. You know, Phoenix is always in the mix. The Clippers are somehow navigating their way through like Kawhi and Paul George being so banged up. And then you have Sacramento, which, you know, they keep doing the thing. So like it, it feels wrong to doubt them, but you know, it's like, I need to see it first. So mm-hmm. that's the thing for me is like, if you get yourself out of the play in and you get yourself into either the six or the five spot and you guarantee going against a team that you've either been able to handle in the past, like the Clippers or the Mavericks or a team like the Suns and the Kings who have a ton of talent, but they've just, you know, found ways to kind of shoot themselves in the foot over the years and, We've especially seen with Phoenix, like they really have work to do in the playoffs. Um, that's, that's I think, really important for me is if, if you're going to go on the road, make sure it's against a team who's going to fear your playoff acumen. They're going to feel like the underdogs, even if they have the higher seed. And you just got to take that gap and run with it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, seeing the standings right now, like let's say Warriors are six instead of the Suns, uh, that gives matches them up against the Kings, which I like. I think the Kings um can't. The Kings are gonna try to play the same type of pace, the same type of uh offense. Like they're gonna they're gonna play the Warriors game. They're gonna run up, up and down the floor. They're gonna play fast, and I don't think you can beat the Warriors that way. Uh, especially, you know, you know, I love I love Domas, Domas Sabonis, but I don't think he's the kind of anchor that the Kings can survive with in a seven game series against the Warriors. So I'm definitely up for that matchup. Um if they're in the sixth seed, they're gonna get matched up with the Grizzlies most likely in the second round. And mm-hmm. yeah, um I think with like just like Charlie, I'm much more worried about the Nuggets this season because, uh, right. you know, Jokic, Jokic is Jokic. He's incredible. But also, more importantly, the supporting cast around him is much better this season. And that's what Jokic has really needed all these years is to have a better supporting cast. Uh, you know, not to mention that the, you have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. alongside him. And the three of them are, they've already gone to Western Conference Finals. You know, it's a bubble season, you know. If you want to put an asterisk on that, then that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it still counts as a Western Conference Finals. They went, they went back up from three-one down twice in a single playoff, mm-hmm. in a single playoff. So, you know, those three, I think they can go far and they can be a dangerous team alongside with KCP, alongside with Bruce Brown, um, much better Aaron Gordon this season. I don't think I'd want to see them till the Western Conference Finals. So I'm up for a Grizzlies matchup. I think, yeah, I think the Grizzlies have more work to do in a playoff setting. Yeah. I don't think they're there yet. And Jaw is the kind of guy that you can put pressure on defensively over the course of a seven game series. Uh, you know, you know, much was made of last last playoffs where the Grizzlies were a much better defensive team without him. Uh, you can argue that they were a much better team without him. Uh, at least in that series, uh, but yeah, I mean, Jaws much like to me. I don't mind like like Jokic can survive those moments where he's being targeted much better than Jaw can, because mm-hmm. I think Jokic is a better defender than Jaw. Uh, you know, I think Jaw gets lost a lot in ter- in terms of screen navigation, in terms of where to be, in terms of off ball. Um, so for me, the Grizzlies he's tiny. are for the, yeah, he's tiny. He's <laughs> the Grizzlies are the matchup to target. And I think the Warriors get up for that too. So, you know, you know, they're going to get up for that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but it just seems like the Grizzlies kind of taken a step back this season a little bit, whether it's been due to injury or they just can't get a rhythm. Obviously, they have lost uh, a ton of games recently. I want to say they're 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 two and eight in their last ten. They just lost three in a row, um, but they just don't seem like they're all the way together. At least at this moment in time, and you know, they like like you said, they're just still a little bit young, and they think a little bit highly of themselves in a way where you can see them just not being as locked in as they as they possibly could be. Um, so I would de- I'm a, I'm in agreement. I think Kings and Grizzlies and then probably Nuggets would be the best path for Golden State. And I mean, if they see the Kings in the first round, that's even if without home court advantage, they're pretty much at home, right? <laughs> so um, that's that would be, a, in my opinion, that would probably be a quick series. 
Um, what about New Orleans? Like, you guys see New Orleans climbing back up the standings and making some noise. They're, they're kind of in that Grizzlies realm where they just got a lot of young talent, but they got more veterans, I think, you know, mixed into their team. And their, their young guys are older young guys as well. So they could be potentially scary, you know, for, for any team in the playoffs, given how good Zion and B.I. are. Yeah, I think for them, you know, it's sort of a cop-out to be like, oh, health. But health for the Pelicans worries me more than any other team. You know, they really have kind of fallen into a well, a bit of a free fall without Brandon Ingram, and he's trying to work his way back. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Memphis struggling right now. New Orleans also 2-8 and eight over the last 10. They're hitting a bit of a rough skid. Um, really – Really, since the new year started, I want to say they're like four and seventeen. I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty rough, and it's not entirely on them. You know, like they are a young team, they have a lot of talent, but when you're missing such a crucial piece like Brandon Ingram, uh, it really has sort of this cascade effect because you know they have guys like Herb Jones who need to kind of be insulated offensively to really shine on the other end of the floor. Um, they have guys like Jonas Valanciunas is really good as sort of like this. He spaces the floor a little bit. He bruises inside. He makes some plays like they have, they have so many things that I think it's just a very, it's a very fragile structure. And, you know, we know Zion's had his health concerns. So if they're getting into the playoffs and they're hot and they've got all their guys going like in the lineup and cooking, then, yeah, I do think they present some really concerning stuff because who who the hell guards Zion Williamson? Like, you know, whoever you're throwing at there is just in for a really rough time. The Warriors are always hesitant to, you know, pull Draymond out to the perimeter, even though he is a really excellent perimeter defender. Like, you need him there on the back line cleaning things up. Um, Ingram is really special, and I think McCollum has brought this really different dimension to them where – when the young guys are kind of floundering and they're looking for a little more consistency, he can come in and bring that on the offensive end of the floor. And they have all the right personnel to sort of mask his shortcomings and Zion's as well. So it's, it's, it's teetering for me, you know, like I, I really like them on paper, but I, you know, I sort of question what happens if they come in at anything less than hundred percent to the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know they're they're a team that that really depends a lot on rim pressure, uh, and I would say around eighty to ninety percent of that rim pressure comes from Zion. Uh, you know they they run a lot of their sets based on what Zion can do when he touches the paint, and it's just different without him. And you know nothing against Brandon Ingram, he's a talented guy, but you know if your offense is structured around Zion creating these advantages and he's not there, uh, who you, who do you have in place of him who can create the same account, the same type of advantages? Uh, I don't think there's anyone on the roster that can do that. And they don't, you know, they don't take a lot of threes. Uh, most of the threes they get is off of those created advantages off those paint touches. So yeah, to me, it's basically a matter of health, like, like Zion's health to be more specific. Um, you know, if he comes back, they can make a run. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're 
far into the standings where they have to make, you know, kind of like the Warriors where their margin for error is really, really small. And, you know, at the most, they can probably be up there, six, can sneak in into a playoff spot. But the way things go- are going, I don't think they'll get out of the play-in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, potential playoff matchup, they can be dangerous for anyone if they manage to get into the playoffs, but I don't see it. Like it's hard. It's getting hard to see it happening. And it's such a shame because they had a hot start and they were one of the teams in the league where you really want to root for them. You know, they just play hard. They just play basketball. They're a young team. They're coached by Willie Green, you know, uh, under the Steve Kirtry, former assistant. And yeah, I mean, it's just a shame. He's doing one hell of a coaching job too. I think he would he would have been in consideration for coach of the year if mm-hmm. they stayed healthy. So yeah, it's just tough to see. Yeah, so far we're yeah. sitting at twelve games where they've both been on the court together, and we're fifty five games into the season. So yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's has has Kawhi and PG played more games together this season than those than those two? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun yeah that'd be fun to to, to compare <laughs> what do you but, think um, over or under i'll take i'll, I'll take go, uh under i'll go over. i'll take the under oh over. shit <laughs> Let's i'll see. take the under on that oh 25 <laughs> i so feel like why only plays that paul george is playing yeah, that's true. They that's, do kind of. Do yeah, <laughs> they're a pack. They're a package they kinda... deal at this point, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, we got one more thing before we get out of here. There's been, you know, a lot to make of of how the Warriors have started their season and the trends that you've seen, like over the history of the NBA, right? Like teams who fall into this category typically don't win championships. Teams that fall into this category typically do that type of thing. Um, but at the same time. I mean, I'm, I can't remember a time where this many teams have been so close in the standings, so close in, you know, point differential and net rating and all these things. Do you guys like in a season like this, are you really looking into those historical, you know, markers and saying like, it's just not looking good for the Warriors? Or are you just saying like, like, what are you, how are you looking at those, those uh, things? I mean, the optimist in me just kind of says, you know, there's a first time for everything. Like, sure, these things haven't happened, but, you know, as traumatic as it is, uh, no one ever thought 3-1 in the finals was ever going to happen, and it did. Like, Same thing I said. Think, yeah, <laughs> like, th- things happen, man. Like, you can't – and, you know, of course, that kind of thing happens when you have a guy like LeBron James on the other side, and this team has, like, the best trio – of the last decade. And if they're all there together and they're healthy and they're playing well, I have a very hard time doubting this team. Even if they're with, you know, 45, 46 wins, like how many 45, 46 win teams have a three man core that that's, that's that good. This battle tested, especially in the playoffs, this confident in their own abilities. So yeah, you know, like historical precedents be damned. We got Steph Curry. Yeah, there you go. I've I've brought I've brought this up a couple of times in the past, but there have only been two teams in history over the past two decades that have finished outside of the top ten in defensive rating and have gone on to win the title. 
Uh, one of them is the oh the 2001 Lakers. They were 22nd, I think, in defensive rating. And the other one is the uh, 2018 Warriors. They were 11th. Uh, I know, like that's technically not top 10, but it, that's technically not top 10. But it's, I mean, it's still in, on the fringe. But yeah, it's it still counts. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. it still counts. And you know, both of them got both of them in the playoffs were number one team in defense. And right now, the Warriors are 14th in defensive rating. Yeah, so. You know they're 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 looking in, they're peering in defensively, and I think it's just a matter of them just cleaning things up. You know, cleaning things up, uh, executing uh, to finish respectable ranking in the defensive rating at the end of the season, and they can switch that. They can switch that on in the playoffs. I mean, prove it's been proven in the past that they just have a different level, a different gear to them when the stakes are much higher. So, yeah, I mean. There's already a precedent for it. I mean, it's not it's not that it's not common. I mean, only two times in the past. But if they can turn that defensive switch on in the playoffs, I mean, you've got Draymond Green, you still got Andrew Wiggins, you've got a Jonathan Kaminga who's you know made strides in his development, especially as a defender. Then yeah, I mean, you know, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt them doing it. Uh, it's all about mm-hmm. defense in the playoffs. Uh, if you're a top defensive team in the playoffs then you won't have any problems going all the way. So for me, I have faith in them that they'll turn the switch on when they need to. It's just a matter of getting there. It's just a matter of surviving the regular season to get into a position where you can face the teams that you want to play. And if you're there, Mm -hmm. then they'll take it. Then it's up to them. I mean, they can go all the way. Uh, I'm in agreement there. Uh, I guess I guess we want to add one more thing. Do you guys feel like, since the trade deadline is coming up, do you guys feel like they need to make a trade not should they but do they absolutely need to make a trade in in order to get to that finish line uh you know needs like maybe not the right word i would love to see an extra front court piece on this team uh i think that's more you know as much like shoring things up for the regular season kind of keeping guys healthy you know we've seen the like the eight man rotations and regular season games in February does not bode well for you down the stretch. And when you got Steph Curry going down with injury, uh, you know, like that, that stuff is tough. Yeah, I think you want to see things like short up a little bit more on that end, but uh, yeah, I would love to see a trade, uh, but I do believe that this roster as is, is capable of making a very deep run. So I don't think it's as much of a need as some people have made it out to be. Yeah, um, you know, if they can get someone who can at least take pressure off of their main guys, you know, especially in that front court, then I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm also not gonna be up in arms if they don't make a, a trade. I, but yeah, I mean, you know, for me, they have already what it takes to to win a title, to go all the way. You know, you have the best five man lineup in the league, net rating. Um, but yeah, I mean certainly wouldn't hurt if they have another piece to take that, to take all, to take the minutes to minutes. So, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't see as much of a need as like, you know, it would be good to have. So if they don't Mm -hmm. make a trade, that's fine. But yeah, I'm just putting my faith in what they have right now. in Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, et cetera, et cetera, wigs. And if they, they, like what I said, if they can get to that, to the spot where they need to be, 
then their top end guys will take it all the way. And and I agree. Uh, I personally feel like if they if they made a trade, you know, for the right piece, then I'm really really confident that they would be able to repeat. Um, I think it's that simple. Like they like you said, getting getting somebody that can eat minutes, play in the system, provide potentially a different dynamic as far as being able to stretch the floor from a front court spot. I think they'd be in prime position to repeat. But uh, thank you guys for coming on. If you guys want to plug anything, um, let's do that. I'm sure, like I said, a lot of a lot of the listeners are already following you guys on Twitter. But just in case they aren't, let's uh, let's get the plug in the way. Well, shit, they're definitely following Joe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said before, <laughs> um, at Claytheist11, you know, I'm always clipping, trying to put out as many articles as I can. Uh, if you're listening to this, then my article on the fit of Kevin Love with the Warriors uh, as a potential buyout option will already be up in the morning. Um, so go check that out on theswishtheory.com or you can check it out on my page. And uh, I'm always plugging away on the Game 6 Clay Pod with my guys. You can toss that a follow. We love having fun, chopping it up a couple times a week and talking about the dubs that we love so much. Yeah, follow Charlie. Uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> follow Charlie, man. He's, he's awesome. Follow Charlie. Yeah. Follow Charlie, uh, you know, just in case, but yeah, just in case uh, you're not following me already, it's at Joe Vira NBA. Uh, at, and you can follow my work at Golden State of Mind. Uh, I write a couple of NBA pieces uh, every other week, too, for the main SB Nation NBA site. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, follow Charlie. Follow Charlie. He's the man. He's the man. That's all oh I gotta my say. God. <laughs> Thank you guys. I mean, two two very humble guys, but definitely follow both of them. You know, great content always popping out from these guys. So, want to thank them again for coming on. Um, Nat's gonna be out all week, so you know, potentially you guys can come back on, or we'll we'll see. We'll figure out something out. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Let's go to Spaces, Odyssey Original Podcast, and you guys have a good one. <laughs>